Blog Talk Radio. driver Daniel Hemrick and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Nation again. It's Tuesday afternoon. I'm Tim Despain. Stephen Wilson heads the night off. The way it, the way the fly the fly crows, the way the crow flies. I'm about eight miles south of this 2.66 mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. 
The number to call is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Spain, alongside of my darling wife, Suzanne, handling the phones. And we're coming off the West Coast swing. We finally got done out there. And Brandon Jones gives Toyota their 500th career win in the top three series in the sports, the truck, the cup, and the Xfinity series. But uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the deal there. Uh, well, let's 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 just go back and talk about the way everything ended up there. The uh, cumulative report there for NASCAR final stage. Uh, after lap forty-five, the seven car was leading. Then lap ninety, the nine car was leading. And then Eric Jones, like I said, put his Toyota Super in victory lane there at Phoenix Raceway. Sorry, <laughs> Phoenix Raceway there. But let's listen to a little bit about what. Uh, Brandon Jones had to say in the media center there things after after he put his car in a bit trying. Going to roll into our winner's press conference here for the 16th annual LS Tractor 200 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and we are joined by crew chief Jeff Mendering and winning driver Brandon Jones of the number 19 Menards Turtle Wax Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. And we're also joined here by Coach Joe Gibbs. Uh, if you want to uh, have any questions for these gentlemen, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start with Bob. Bob Parker's Fox Sports. Brandon, from the outside, will say, well, this win is bigger than the first one because Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski were in it. I'm curious if you look at it all that way. Yeah, man, absolutely. These are these are two of, uh, I think, arguably the best in the business. Um, we just had a car to beat them today, man. These guys did an incredible job. I told Jeff kind of early in the race, I'm like, man, I'm just liking track position. That's the only thing we're lacking. And um, they, uh, the picker did a heck of a job, and he said, there you go. There's your track position, and it paid off at the end. Found the PJ1 kind of early on there, and, um, man, it had a, had a lot of grip this time for whatever reason. Um, used it pretty much the entire race. The bottom went away pretty much the last uh, end of that race, and um, it was it was obvious that, that that middle to top line was the best, and, couldn't believe the the 54 dove down to the bottom when there was you know no lap traffic in front of us and I took advantage so this was uh, this was a big day we pulled away from uh, the field by a good bit uh, had an amazing race car and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to many more here I came into this race thinking Phoenix is maybe not my best track and we win the race so I've got a lot better tracks on the schedule and it's uh, it's going to look pretty good for us. Delete and then to Wolfgang. Jeff, how how much was this car? How much did this car change over the course of the race? How many? How much did you improve the car because you really wasn't a factor in the first half, but it seemed like the car came alive in the second hundred laps. Yeah, we we seen some of this in practice yesterday. Our car was really good on long runs in practice, and it, it showed again today in the race. Um, obviously, the first stages are, are the first two stages are pretty short, so I don't know that we had the opportunity to really show what we could do. Um, we lacked some track position. Our picture did an awesome job, like Brandon said. Got us the track position we needed, and I don't know. I, I had confidence in this car, and um, it showed speed. It showed speed in practice, and I don't know, I'm really excited about the rest of the year. Now, I was a little nervous about Phoenix being the, the last race in the chase. Now I'm not. Go next to Wolfgang, then back to Bob. Uh, a question for Mr. Jeff Mindering. Mindering? Um, Wolfgang Monzer from Germany, Rangeport Press Agency. First of all, congratulations, first three cars under the top three. That's very impressive. I think as a team, you're very open. You share information, drivers, engineers, crew chiefs, etc. Nevertheless, when it comes to races, is there an internal rivalry between you and your other crew chief colleagues? Uh, you know, I've worked at several different companies, and a lot of companies are that way. There's a lot of internal competition. I feel like that's what's different about Joe Gibbs Racing, and I'm sure Joe pushes that more than anybody. That I feel like these teams work together so close, and our cars are so close each week, and we do a lot of debrief, and the drivers work really good together. And I mean, I think that's the, the reason for a lot of the success that that our company has. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's an open book between all of our teams. I mean, obviously, you want to beat you want to beat everybody on the track, but I feel like we work together really well. Go to Bob and then to Dustin. I'm Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Brandon, what do you feel like the Kansas win, did it have any impact on today as far as confidence and as far as how maybe you approach things when you are near the lead or in the lead? Yeah, I mean, 
my stats are obvious. You know, I've been uh, been in the series for a while now, and up until Kansas, it was uh, it, it's been a lot of ups and just can never close the final laps in a bunch of races. So to finally see that it could come together uh, in Kansas and that we could win a race, uh, that that had that had a lot of hope coming into this year. Um, but I knew what I had to do. I mean, I, I I was putting a lot of work in last year, but I'm I'm putting in overtime this year, just uh, studying these races and using the the resources that we have. We've got more stuff this year that we can look at. That's uh, that's really playing a key role into the success that I'm having. I feel like is being able to you know kind of see the S and T stuff that we've got now. Um, being able to uh, watch films a little bit closer. I know exactly what I need to watch for on film, um, working out like no other. Uh, so it's uh, it's been good. It's been Monday to Sunday work, and um, I'm having fun doing it, though. This is uh, this is only the start, like I said. Let's go next to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. You talk about the SMT. I know, obviously, this, this series, you, you've got more available this year. So what were you able to look at? How did it help? And, and was it as much, were you looking at, at, at Kyle or anything from the past? Or what kind of helped you in the sense? Or could anything really help you because of the, some of the challenges here? Yeah, coming here before, I just I just flipped through the majority of, like, the top five best drivers that were good in the race. Um, and you're comparing, you know, your practice, your qualifying, your race, and um, how the car is going at the start of the race and how it's ending and what's changing during the, the you know, the run throughout that. So, that's kind of what I'm using it for. Um, it's it's pointed out obvious things now that I can see pretty easy. You can see when you're you're getting beat on entry. You can see when you're not arcing the corner enough, and um, those little things is what takes you to that next step. And uh, that's that's exactly what it's showing us. So um, it's a extremely helpful tool, and um, we're we're putting it to use. Before we continue on here, Coach, I want to ask you. I mean, today was the 277th time that Joe Gibbs Racing has won for Toyota, and today you brought home the 500th NASCAR National Series win for Toyota. How special is that for you in this organization? Well, I think everybody in this room knows how important it, uh, our manufacturers are, and you know, Toyota's just been a great partner for us. We love it. Um, our sport is geared around our sponsors. And certainly today for John Menard, I called him on the phone. It was awesome. And to have him to be a part of the series and the ARCA series, all the things that he does. And obviously, Brandon has a great relationship with John. So does JR, Brandon's dad. So all of this kind of ties together. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. To have Toyota win 500 in our series is awesome. They're a great partner. All of our manufacturers are so important to us, so we appreciate all of them. But it's a thrill for us. Uh, and to be be truthful, this year I thought our Xfinity program this year, we're really young. <laughs> Brandon's our leader there. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of felt like we going to – I told Coy when the year started, this, this could be a struggle. And uh, it's a thrill for us to get off to this kind of a start and have Harrison win one already. And um, – Riley, we feel like, hey, did another good job today. So we're thrilled with our program right now. Yeah, we'll continue on here in the deadline room. Any additional questions for the race-winning team? We'll go over here to the right. Cameron Richardson, the Lumberjack. My question is for Brandon. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the parity in the Xfinity Series level now that one-third of the playoff field is already decided? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, man. I, I, knew, um, I knew looking at our, our lineup this year, the races that we've already ran, the the top 12, I think that's who you're going to see regardless of uh, of you know what happens going into the playoffs. Um, but to to start cutting the field, it's going to be interesting. I can't tell you exactly what I think is going to end up um, it, as the final four, um, but I think definitely the top 12 that you see right now is who you're going to get to start the start the playoffs. We'll go next to Dustin, then to Chris, and then back to the right. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Jeff, um, obviously you worked with Brandon last year, uh, but how do you challenge an athlete, um, especially in a year like this where, you know, the big three are gone, there's a, there's the potential for a lot of wins out there, you know, kind of mentioned this parity, there's the opportunity for somebody or somebodies to really kind of stand out and take hold of the series. How, as a, in a coaching role, um, how do you push an athlete to kind of help him get to that level? He's obviously doing the stuff with the SMT, but w what are the things and how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, that's <coughs> he's, he's so easy to work with. Um, we, we've talked about this a lot last year and end of the season. Um, we had SMT for a couple races at the end of the year. Um, we got our feet wet a little bit, and we just knew that we needed to really d embrace it and, and use it 
it's just such a strong tool. And then also not just SMP. I mean, Brandon has put a huge effort into it, in his physical fitness, um, his nutrition. He's he's in a lot better shape now than he was last year. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of things. I mean, we're, we're constantly watching film and and talking. We made a few changes on our team this year that were that were real key. I mean, one of them was our spotter. He's he's really meshed with with Brandon really well. Um, Brought a new engineer on board. And I mean, I, I feel like the, we've made our team a lot stronger, but then Brandon also has, has stepped up his game a lot. So I think our whole team, our team as a whole, has, has stepped up their game this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon, I'm, I'm sure at the time last year, you probably felt you were doing everything that you could. So how does one come to the conclusion needing to do more? Is that Jeff? Is that coach? Is that not getting the the wins that you hope or, or how does one kind of push themselves if they're already feel or if they at the time if they already feel like they're doing as much as they can kind of came into <clears throat> this year with a mindset of if i'm not doing it someone else is doing it you know and that that includes anything outside of this and then it includes everything at the track and includes studying and everything and so um i'm kind of i mean I'm, I'm exhausting myself doing it but at the same time, the the reward is so big that it doesn't matter to me. You know, I mean, this is this is what it's about. So, uh, you know, there's there's times that I'm like, no, man, I'm not gonna watch it. And then, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, someone's someone's probably doing it. You know, so I, I get down and and sit there and um, I, j I I'm starting to to write down things too. You know, so in the past I was watching it maybe a little bit and I'd pick up on something, but I maybe I didn't note note about it or note it down. Um, and so I'm I'm kind of a learner that way to where I gotta write it down. I've gotta visually see it. So any little thing that stands out, I mean, it might be something, you know, as crazy as, you know, he, he barely, barely arced the corner out water this lap and he's a little bit quicker. So I'm not note it down. And that's just what I'm doing to, to help. It's, it's working so far and uh, I'm, I'm going to keep after it and, and uh, stay with that mentality for the rest of the year. That's one thing. We, we've got a shared notebook that we take notes in. So we kind of hold each other accountable in that aspect. It's, it's worked out really well. Chris? First night catch fans, Brandon, um, was this redemption after last week? You had such a fast car, the bowl, lead a lot of laps, and then uh, had redemption this week. Yeah, no kidding, man. That was uh, that was another race that we kind of added to our uh, our win list. I had a feeling uh, that was dominating dominating performance early on, and um, hate the way that it ended for these guys. And uh, but this is this is definitely makes it makes it better that. We were able to come back and, and uh, add another one to the to the win list. And you're going to land them next week, a track where you've had a lot of speed in the past. I mean, I've had the results to show it, but you obviously got to carry the confidence going to one of your favorite places. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we're going back to the hometown. Uh, I ran, like you mentioned, really good there last year. I know, I think, way more than I than I ever did going there in the past. So um, there's there's going to be a lot of hype coming to that track for this team uh, in a couple weeks. Get back here to the right. Sean Clark for the Lumberjack, Brandon. The moment that you passed Kyle Busch during stage three, what was going through your mind? <laughs> when I caught him, I was looking, and I'm like, all right, he's going he's gonna to block, he's going to do something. And uh, for whatever reason, it's just this title behind his name. My heart started pounding out of my chest. Honestly, it really did. And it was about a lap worth. And I, I looked at it, and I'm like, you know what? He's no, no different than any, any of us out here right now, and we've got a better car, and we're proving it. Um, and so I called myself down in that sense a little bit. And um, really, really, he just kind of opened it up the, the top lane to me, and that's where our car was strong. So um, all in all, it just, it just worked out. But um, there, was, there was a moment of, uh, oh, oh, heck, what do we do now? You know, so uh, he's, a, he's a tough one to pass. It was tough to pass anybody today, really. Um, they all took the preferred groove away from our car, and um, it was tough to, to be able to get runs. Wolfgang? Uh, Wolfgang Monzo again from Germany. Brent, first of all, congratulations. Um, from lap 151 to 184, you were behind the 54. Did you use it to study his driving style to see if Kyle is doing a mistake? I was watching him pretty hard, um, but at the same time, there was a couple of times in the race where I was watching cars too hard, and I was following their line too much, and so I was actually trying to not focus on what he was doing and to try to be out of his out of his air as much as I could. Um, but I, I was I was obviously seeing the rate of speed that we were catching him at. I mean, we ran him down from a pretty big uh, from a pretty big distance, um, and I knew once the car got clean air that that it was going to be big. I didn't think it was going to be that big, but 
Um, there was, I think, the last, what, 15 laps. I mean, I was barely even, I think, just out for a Sunday cruise, almost it felt like, and still pulling away. So um, that's just uh, how strong this car was today. Any additional questions for our race-winning team? We'll finish up here with Dustin. Joe, you, you've had a, a lot of young drivers in, in the Xfinity Series and obviously to, to help groom, but as you work or as your team works with these young drivers, you know, Brandon's talking about feeling like you're doing a lot and then doing more and learning to do more. How, how do you help shape those these young, young drivers who maybe don't have that experience to kind of push themselves or, or, or feel like there's more to do than what they think at the time because they think they're doing so much. How, how do you kind of work? I mean, I, I guess it's almost kind of like a college coach working with a freshman and, and the growth there. Yeah, actually, I would say that our crew chiefs are a lot like coaches, and the relationship they have, to me, I always think back to, you know, uh, the head coach or the offensive coordinator in football and a quarterback. And these guys, as you've talked about, is not me over there. My goal is to give them everything that it takes because I really feel like for the drivers, even though as young as they are, they probably got n a number of years, they've only got so many years. And so I always look at our drivers, give them every single thing they can so that I feel like that's my responsibility. But I think Jeff and, you know, I, I think these guys have a real team and work together. And so uh, I look at it as it's those two guys teaming up. And you just heard what they talked about. I think there's an increased effort this year. All right, bye. Brandon, I think so it's showing up. And, you know, it's rare. <clears throat> we all such, have such great respect for Kyle. I think the fact that Kyle goes down there, Denny goes down there, I think it gives us a real judge, too, like on a weekend like this. You can talk to Kyle after the weekend, and he'll talk to us a lot about where we are and what he thinks we can do to do a better job. I think the fact that even though the veteran guys don't have that many races, the fact that we do have a Denny, we do have a Martin, we do have Kyle, and when they go down there, I think it brings – real rewards to the crew chiefs and everything down there too because that makes for a great conversation and the younger guys can go to them and develop a relationship with them and and you know so i think it all kind of works together the xfinity series for us is huge all of our crew chiefs came from there uh all of our young guys coming through there are are, are drivers it's just been well over i think we're at 125 people or something that have gone to cup and so it's a big deal for us, and we love it. And our sponsors that are over there, like Menards, huge deal for us, John and JR. So uh, big deal for us, the whole program is. Gentlemen, congratulations on the triumph today, and good luck next week in Atlanta. And that was Brandon Jones there at the Media Center at the Phoenix Raceway after he picked up his second win there for Joe Gibbs Racer in the number 19 Super there. And to round out your points, this is courtesy of SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, Harrison Burton is leading right now with a points lead of 176, and three behind him is Chase Briscoe, uh, P3 Austin Cindric, P4 Brandon Jones, P5 the Watermelon Man, Ross Chastain. P6, Noah Gregson, P7, Ryan C, P8, Justin Haley, and P9, Justin Algar. And round out the top ten is Michael Annette there for Junior Motorsports. And let's go right on in to, uh, to talk about the Cup Series race there. Joe Logano got his win there, got a second win there, and which he already had the win there before that. So he's got two wins. Now he is – he showed up on the road. Uh Penske Motorsports is wide open as the yellow helmet case pocket knife, as I would say. Let's listen to what Joe Logano had to say in the medicine there after he won the Fan Shield 500 there at Phoenix Raceway. We are going to wrap up our post-race media availabilities for today's Fan Shield 500. Here at Phoenix Raceway, we're joined by our race winner, Joey Logano, driver of the number 22, Shell Pennzoil 4. This is Joey's second win of the year. We will open up to questions. Please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. Start over here. 
I hope this term awesome sauce is really kicking in like it's gonna work. Uh, but um, boy, just uh, you know, hats off to to NASCAR for collaborating with the teams, the track, uh, and ultimately putting on a way better race uh, than what we saw here last year, um, which is a combination of a lot of things that made it a lot better. Um, obviously, the smaller spoilers allowed us to race. Uh, you know, a softer tire had more fall off. Um, and then with the awesome sauces up top, uh, really put an extra, you know, wrench into the race to where, you know, we showed up here, uh, you know, saying, I don't really know what we're going to fight. I don't know what to do. And, and even before the race, I was like, well, I don't know how this top's going to work out, if it's going to wear off, uh, what's going to happen on the long runs or the short runs and restarts. There's just so many unknowns. And those unknowns made it a great race. Um, but even as the teams figured it out throughout the race, it's still produced good racing um, where cars were able to pass they were able to get close to other cars and do things um, you know just a, a way better short track package uh, than what we what we had last year um, 550 stuff works good for you know racetracks like we're going to next week um, but you know a place like this I think we saw the complete opposite so this is uh, working well you want to come to Bob and then go to Lee Uh, Bob Hawker's Fox Sports. Uh, he kind of answered my, my my question, but like, were you? Did it work about the way you expected? I mean, you, when I saw you Friday night, you were like, I can pass. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> or did it? Or was there any part of this that uh, surprised you, or was unexpected? Um, you know, n not 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 a lot. Um, you know, when we were here last year, I, I felt like it was applied pretty light, um, where it was a lot thicker this time, um, stickier. Uh, so, you know, I think that really made it come in. Um, you know, they did a good job keeping it pretty clean throughout the races. After the Xfinity race to today, they, they did a lot of work to try to clean it, um, which is key. That's, that's kind of the biggest problem with this stuff is all the dust and little rubber marbles and everything that comes off our car that used to go all the way to the wall, well, now it gets stuck to the racetrack because this stuff's so sticky. You know, it's just like walking on the pit boxes. Uh, you know, before the race, it rips your shoe off. Well, it's the same stuff on the racetrack, um, you know, so it catches every little piece of dust there. Um, so I felt like they did a good job last night um, or this morning whenever they did it, uh, just scraping off all the garbage, uh, for lack of better words, uh, on the racetrack and being able to, to keep it clean to where, you know, it came in pretty quick in the race. And, um, you know, it was, it was the dominant lane um, at times. But it, it, it wasn't like the bottom was so bad that you couldn't do anything. It was just the right amount. You don't want to make it, you know, the dominant lane to where you can't pass because everyone's stuck up top. You know, you don't want that either. So it's kind of a, a combination of both. So I thought they nailed it for um, the distance from the bottom and, and all that. I thought it was really good. I'm going to go to Lee and then go over here to the right. LeeSpencerRacingBoys.com, as Bud Denker was in here earlier, said you're batting 500. I mean, is it pretty remarkable to you despite – changing teams here you sit two wins out of four races this year i mean that's pretty pretty stout it's nice it's early it's early <laughs> a lot of things can happen but uh you know i feel like um paul and i and, and, and the engineers have, have really um you know uh, have an open line of communication which has been nice um to where hey if any of us feel like we're failing in the department you know we're gonna say it and i'm good with that uh, they're not the most fun conversations, but we're going to we're going to talk about it, whether they think I'm, uh, you know, driving the car wrong or, or something I need in the car. It's open. And I think that's what's uh, made us strong so far. Um, you know, and I think we kind of set out set that as a standard to start this relationship, you know, um, is that we need to be open and uh, leave our feelings at the door. And uh, it kind of seems like that's the way it's been, um, which is good. Uh, a lot of runway ahead of us still to be better. Uh, the races that we've won. I, I, today we were pretty quick. I'd say we were and we were pretty quick in Vegas, but neither one were we a dominant race car. And I think that's the goal is that we want to go out there and dominate a race. Um, you know, we can get to the lead. We can do a lot of things today that to to be fast. We can recover from a few issues uh, that we had throughout the race. Um, you know, but we weren't the the dominating race car. And I don't think there really was one. Um, but we were close enough to put ourselves in position like we did at, at Vegas and be able to to make it happen there. I'm going to go over here to the right and then go to Wolfgang. This is Johnny Crane of the Lumberjacks. You mentioned how you want to dominate a race. What's the significant strategic adjustment you have to make to make that dominant race possible? 
Well, you just got to have faster cars, right? And and we're always looking to have faster race cars, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we – I say we – a lot of me too in qualifying. Uh, just missed it a little bit and qualified 13th, and which wasn't uh, an ideal situation. So, you know, in the beginning of the race, we passed quite a few cars. Um, you know, was able to get some stage points, but we weren't able to get out front and just check out. You know, when we got out front, I still had my hands full with the four, uh, you know. So – um, you know, just to be able to, we needed more long run is really what the biggest thing was here today. It's a little bit more long run speed. Go to Wolfgang. Uh, Wolfgang Monzer from Germany. Uh, Joey, congratulations. Actually, two questions. Number one, um, at the end, the gap to Harvick was 0 0.27 seconds. Uh, were you fearing it was maybe that he p placed another attack to you before the race was over? Did I, did I feel like what? I'm sorry. Uh, you were fearing that the, the gap at the end was only 0 0.27 seconds. Oh, yeah. I saw him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw him. I felt him. So you had him <laughs> under control. You were not fearing that maybe he can try something? I mean, I felt like he was close enough that he could have done something. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, we came off on the restart off of turn two, uh, down the back straightaway, and he was lined up right to me. I was like, this is not a good place to be. <laughs> I thought the, I was going to get hit, but I drove it off in the corner uh, pretty hard, um, which was his strength. So I tried to drive my car like he drove his car. Um, you know, that's where his strengths were, kind of rolling to the center and figuring everything out after that. Um, it's a different style than what's natural to me, so I had to adjust to stay ahead of him. Um, you know, there the last lap, and, you know, if, if I backed up to where I normally was lifting, uh, you know, he was able to roll to my back bumper and was obviously going to make contact. I, I mean, like I said, I can't get mad at him if he did. I wouldn't blame him. I'd do the same thing. So, um, you know, it, I was able to stay enough ahead and gas up at the right time to just try to build some gap before, uh, you know, the, the, the bumper came there. So, um, you know, really cool uh, to be able to race, you know, clean and hard, and, and it's a lot of fun. Kevin's a, you know, one of the best racers that's ever – you know, strapped into a race car, and a stock car in particular. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, to say the least. So, um, you know, when you line up at the end of a race against him, you know it's going to be a heck of a battle, but it is a lot of fun. Okay, and the second question, uh, directly after the race, you said to one of the interviewers, the car is, we have to find improvement. I think you mentioned speed. Do you know already have some idea in which areas the car has to improve? I have some areas um, how to fix it. I don't know. That's that's a better question for Paul. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to fix anything. I'm just smart enough to complain about stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think everyone did their job today um, and recovered as, as as good as possible. You know, we had a, a good car. You know, for sure. Don't don't take me wrong. We weren't fast. We obviously were fast enough to be up there in the, in the car and restarts. Did everything I told us to do, um, which allowed us to recover from the the jack that broke. Um, on the final restart, and I think we were 18th. Uh, uh, sorry, the final pit stop, not the final restart, final pit stop. Um, you know, so to have a restart like that just means your car did what you needed to do. Um, you know, is it's it takes a whole package. You know, you you try to learn everything you can about restarts before the race and during the race, but if your car doesn't do it, then you don't look like a hero. You know, and and because today my car did what I told it to do, uh, we were able to really pass a bunch of cars even after, uh, you know, our, our jack that broke. I'm going to go over here to the far right, and then we'll go to the far left to Michael. Sean Clark with the Lumberjack. Joey, this is already your second win in 2020. What has worked so well for you this year? Um, I think we just capitalized on the situations, uh, you know, ahead of us. Um, you know, in Vegas, we were quick. It didn't look like we were going to win. Caution came out. We stayed out. We capitalized. Uh, same thing here today. Um, restarts, we capitalized. We got ourselves to the front row. Um, good strategy by, by Paul to, to put tires on and, and put us in position to, to race aggressively. Um, you know, I, I thought when we pitted there, uh, you know, we had six laps on our tires. And that's a, that's a tough call. That's a real tough call. You have six laps on your tires and you're leading the race. Like, what are we going to do? Um, but, you know, he said pit because he didn't think we could win the race from where we were. And I'd agree. The four was faster than us um, and was catching me that where I probably wasn't going to be able to hold him off. Um, kudos to him to realize that. Uh, tough call, though, because you pit and you lose a lot of track position. Of course, that's the time we pit and we have a jack that breaks and we lose even more track position. And I'm sitting there thinking, boy, we really should have stayed out now, <laughs> you know, but what do you – 
you don't know that you're going to have an issue on pit road. You can't race scared. Um, but uh, like I said, the recovery from that moment was remarkable. Going to go to your far left, Joey, to Michael. Hi, Joey. Congratulations. Michael Knight with the Arizona Republic. Would it be too much of an exaggeration to say that the drivers and perhaps the collective garage area has uh, taken a sigh of relief in terms of now the uh, what we should expect from a more competitive championship race and the prospect of a single file event? I think everyone in this whole facility took a sigh of relief today. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm sure all you guys reporting on a race, you want to talk about how great something is. Not that it was single file and we couldn't pass and drivers are mad because can't pass. Like, I don't know. That's not a good story. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, yes, the competitors, I think NASCAR, I think the fans, the media, um, everyone that, that, that puts so much into the sport and, and, and it's our life, right? There's so much that we do for it. And um, it's cool to see that we're able to make change and make a difference uh, and really put on I mean, I thought it was a great – obviously, I thought it was a great race we won. But even if we didn't win, I would have said, boy, that was a pretty pretty cool race where there was cars that, you know, when you got out front didn't mean you checked out. You know, some did, and, and that's always going to happen. The fastest cars end up in the front, so it's always hard to, to pass that car. But, um, you know, I thought there was just a lot of good racing. Um, you know, restarts were still crazy, as usual here. Um, but I thought that the awesome sauce was awesome. <laughs> You're going to get Cole in the middle? Kusumano, popular speed. So between the tires, the PJ1, and the new uh, package, they, they all seem like positive takeaways from today. Uh, which of those three would you say was your defining factor in your success in the race? Um, well, I don't think it's my success. It's our success as a as a sport today. Um, you know, I don't think any of those made my race car faster uh, than, the, than the competitors, right? So, um, you know, those are the rules that are handed to us, and it's our job to try to uh, work within them to, to make the best race car and the best race altogether and the best strategy and, and so on. So, um, you know, I think those, those things that you pointed out there is more to make the racing better. Go over here to the far left again. John Harvillam, NM Motorsports Report. Uh, I was wondering, for the restarts, they were pretty dicey and we saw a couple cautions like right after them. And I feel like I didn't really see that as much last year. So I was wondering if you thought that was because the cars are so much more harder to drive this time around. Um, they are a little tougher to drive. Um, but I think you also have <laughs> you have a restart. The restarts that we had, one was towards the end of a stage. The other ones are at the end of a race, and they're on old tires. Uh, you know, new tires today um, the, the, that Goodyear brought was, you know, something that, that really gripped up for a first couple laps, uh, which is worth a lot. Um, when you're on old tires, you get down in the corner and you can't drive in as hard and you start losing the nose and sliding up the racetrack. And if there's someone out there, oh, whoa, not good, there's going to be contact. And then, uh, you know, sometimes there's going to be crashes or flat tires or whatever it may be. So um, I think that's just a product of, uh, you know, late race or late stage restarts on old tires. Well, I'm sure that's what it comes down to, but it's harder to drive on old tires. You know, there's, there's, you know, most of the time, anytime there's contact or a crash, it's always because someone made a mistake, uh, you know, most of the time. Um, so, you know, I think just when you have older tires, it's easier to make mistakes. Yep. We're going to go upstairs to the press box for a question. Yeah, Chris Knight, CatchFence.com. Uh, Joey, I know you didn't have the best finish at Atlanta last year, but you did win at Vegas, and I know the tracks are completely different, but are you optimistic about going to Atlanta next week and, and capitalizing even more what you learned at Vegas? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, then – you know, some things transfer over from last year, but it's also a whole new team, so it's kind of hard to say. But um, we had a really good car in Atlanta last time and was looking like we could have possibly won. The two was win leading, and we were running them down, uh, and then we had a loose wheel. So uh, that was that was the issue of why we didn't have a good finish there. But the speed was there, and that's, that's what I look at uh, going back. So um, lots of change in the year, uh, but excited to get to Atlanta. Uh, I think every driver loves that racetrack. It's just such a cool place um, on just old surface and, um, you know, good racing. So, uh, and then I lived there for six years, so it's kind of like a second home track for me. So I uh, raced on that quarter mile a lot. And I've always said I wanted to win on that big track, and I've yet to do it. So uh, hopefully next week it is. Let me go to the left side of the room. Uh, Jeff Tamar's Heroes Media Group. Uh, Joey, even before your win today, 
What was your initial thoughts with the success that you've had here on the championship race being here in November? Um, you know, honestly, it's been up and down here for our success. We've had runs that we've been consistently top five cars for a while, and then we went through a, a spell where we've been, you know, 10th place cars or 15th place cars for a little bit, and um, everyone just keeps working and trying to get back. And I'd say the last year, and, and obviously this race now, uh, our speed has come back at this racetrack, which is very important because uh, hopefully this is the most important race that we've ever run when we come back here. Uh, you know, for four drivers and teams, it will be. Uh, you know, if, if not, it's just going to be another race. So you really want this to, to be the high-pressure race for you. So everything final for a race winner. All right, Joey, congratulations. Thanks for joining us today. All right, thank you. We're back live from Doug and Ash again. I'm Tim in Spain alongside uh, Suzanne. Man, in the phone lines there, we've got a special guest coming on here shortly, my good friend Josh Walters, PR guy there for Byte Snyder at Richard Childress Racing. He's agreed to come in. And to let everyone know, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim. And uh, we're going to – I want to go ahead and read off the uh, the uh, schedule there at Leonard Motor Speedway before we bring Joshua on. Uh, Friday, March 13th, this is courtesy of – MRN, the voice of NASCAR Motor Racing Network. Again, the RV and Outdoors Truck Series first practice, 135 to 2.25 p.m. Xfinity Series first practice, 2.35 to 3.25 p.m. That will be on TV on FS1. Cup Series first practice, 3.35 to 4.25 p.m. FS1. Again, the RV and Outdoors Truck Series final practice, 4.32 p.m. to 4.57 p.m. That don't sound right there. That's... A little bit of that ain't long anyway. <laughs> Xfinity Series final practice five oh two twenty seven PM. Uh that will be on Fox Sports One. And the Cup Series final practice five thirty five PM to six twenty five PM on Fox Sports One. That's your Friday schedule. Let me jump back over here and see if Suzanne has Joshua ready. Let's bring Joshua into the pit stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson, even though Stephen Wilson is out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Josh Walters, the PR guy. How you doing tonight, brother? Hey, Tim. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on tonight. Ah, I'm going good. And thank you for which I know I sent you a text there at the last minute. But uh, Stephen Wilson, he's uh, you know you can't really say much about medical stuff going on with people. But Stephen had a major back surgery. Speedwayautos.com. He's going to be out for a few weeks, and uh, I've been doing this by myself and trying trying to learn how to do it by myself. But again, Joshua, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, you've been out there on the West Coast Wing. I look at a lot of your. Uh, post on facebook and i know it's hard on you and a team going out on the west coast and now you're coming back here we're going to go to atlanta this weekend talk a little bit about how everything went out there with you and your driver with, with your pr of bias snyder yeah absolutely uh I, again thanks for having me on tim it's uh it's been a pretty crazy start to the year uh for me personally um came over to RCR, I was with uh, DJR Crosley at the very beginning of the year. Actually went to Daytona with them and then kind of halfway through speed, we just got handed off to RCR. So uh, been playing a little bit of catch up, but uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, I've worked with Myatt Snyder and Anthony Alfredo. They've both been in that 21 car for RCR. And uh, man, I'm I'm just happy we, uh, we got a race in without any rain, man. It seems like we're battling that. Uh, going out west for the first couple races there, but um, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Um, just this this team with RCR, it's, it's amazing to see the productivity and kind of how everyone carries themselves over there and just learning a lot, trying to fit in. And uh, we've had some great runs. You know, we haven't quite had the results that we were hoping for, but uh, we've definitely had a lot of speed in that 21 car. Um Anthony got that sixth-place finish out at uh, Auto Club Speedway in California. So that's been our best run of the year so far, and uh, hopefully we can keep that momentum going in Atlanta this weekend. 
Joshua, can you let some of our listeners know just exactly who Joshua Alton is? I know you know you and I, we have talked when you were PR guy there with our good buddy Spencer Boyd. And you come in, it's sort of like you come into the sport like a Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards was handing out cards, you know, hey, I want to drive your race car. Joshua Alton's coming in the sport doing the same thing, just like Timmy Spain and Suzanne did. And, we, you know, we made it. We got NASCAR, uh, we're NASCAR media members. You made it also. Talk a little bit about, because I know I see a lot of your posts on Facebook, and you're so excited, and you praise the Lord to where you're at, brother. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the good Lord. I, I'm a Christian man and proud of it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a roller coaster, man. It's, it's one of those deals that I, I always tell everyone, if, if you're passionate about something, um, you got to just get out there and, and go for it. Not, not be afraid to, to take a chance or to, you know, hand your business card out to somebody or, um, you know, just try to do whatever it takes really to make it. And, uh, you know, just kind of the short elevator pitch on me. I, I'm from Lynchburg, Virginia. I went to school at Liberty University, got a degree in strategic communications, um, grew up racing go-karts when I was younger. And uh, kind of the first step was going to networking events. I would try to volunteer at racetracks whenever I got the chance at Bristol Speedway or Bristol Motor Speedway. Um, just whoever would give me the time of day in racing, I would I do whatever it took just to, to get my feet in the door. And uh, Sam Bass was a, a huge part of that for me. Met Sam um, in 2017, and he told me as soon as I finished school to, to come on down to his gallery, and he gave me an internship to work with him for a little while. And um, I kind of met Spencer Boyd through that. So Spencer was really one of the first ones to, to take a big chance on me and um, gave me a shot to be his, his PR rep in 2018 and uh, had a lot of fun with Spencer, still one of my best friends today. And uh, so, yeah, worked with, with Spencer for – almost two years actually all of 2018 and then um all the way through august of last year and then kind of from there got a got a chance with djr crosley in the truck series and then uh, kind of out of nowhere really i got this opportunity with uh rcr and richard children's racing and uh man it's just been a blessing it's i just i love this sport and uh, i want to be a part of it for a long time and you know just do my best to, to help those around me and and for me to learn as much as possible and congratulations to you, Jerry Johnson. No one is more deserving than, than you. Like I said, I met you a few years back, and you do an awesome job. But we've never really had a PR rep on, and I'm not putting you on the spot. But can you talk a little bit about your weekend at a track? When do you fly in, and when do you get with your driver? And You know, like I said, I'm a media member there. And we go to the media center, and say you bring your driver to the media center, there's a timetable there, and a lot of stuff goes on between practice and qualifying where you and your guy have to get everybody in and out. It's like a second-by-second deal with it, brother. Can you talk a little bit about what the life of a PR guy for a NASCAR driver is on a race weekend? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Tim. Um a lot of people don't really realize, but once you kind of get to the racetrack, I would say most of the the actual work is done. Um, it's just kind of execution at that point. So much like a, a race car driver or um, any other athlete or whatever, you know, it's kind of what you do when no one's watching is to be prepared. So, you know, it's all the work at the shop on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of setting the driver's schedule, a lot of emails um, going out to NASCAR media members, um, a lot of, you know, internal planning with, with my team members and whatnot, just trying to line everything up, you know, make sure there's no conflict of schedule and just, just little things from, you know, are we going to need a golf cart to get from A to B, you know, what time's practice, how much time do we need to allow for each certain thing. So it's a lot of prep that goes on during the normal work week. And then kind of once you get to the track, like I said, it's kind of just execution. You just kind of follow your schedule um, for the West Coast we've been flying out on thursday afternoon now that we're back east i think it'll be more on friday mornings um so generally so i'll give you kind of this weekend for example it's a little unique um how we're going to do this weekend we actually just got my snyder the autograph 
session on Thursday, so we're actually going to drive down to Augusta, Georgia, on Thursday, and Myatt's going to go sign some autographs at the Tesla headquarters in Augusta. Um, so we'll go do that on Thursday. So we'll leave pretty early Thursday morning, drive to Augusta, do an autograph session, and then once that's complete, we'll drive over to Atlanta. And uh, Thursday will be pretty pretty chill. It's just mainly travel day. And then I'll just kind of dot my I's, cross my T's, make sure everything's ready to go for race weekend. And then Friday, it's, it's more just practice time. Um, my, it's a rookie in the Xfinity Series, so I always need to make sure he gets to his rookie meetings or to that much like a driver's meeting. If you miss that, then you're going to have to start at the tail end of the field. So that's my responsibility to make sure he gets to all his meetings on time. I need to know where they're at. And um, I'll kind of just do like a dry walkthrough, you know, make sure I know where the infield care center is, where the media center is, kind of get my bearings about me for the weekend so that when it's time for my to be somewhere, I know exactly where to go. Um, so a lot of it, it's, it's just preparation. It's, it's repetition and just being ready. And then on race day, um, he's actually got a lot of appearances and sponsor folks that are coming out. So, um, just planning that schedule, making sure he's where he needs to be on time. Um, we've got a Keaton Chevy appearance. We've got an autograph session with the track, with Xfinity, and uh, and then just meeting with sponsor folks and then qualifying and race. So it's it's a lot of moving pieces, that's for sure. Exactly, Joshua. You know how it is. <laughs> it's just there's so much going on, and there's so much little time to get everything in. And to our listeners, to some of our listeners, Joshua, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that hit me up on social media. They said, well, I've tried to get this guy's autograph. I've tried to get this guy's autograph. I've tried to talk to him. And I've told him, I said, look, the timing and schedule that they have to be on, if you catch them at the wrong time, you're not going to get to talk to them. Correct, Joshua? Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, I think especially in the Xfinity series, I think they do a great job of really trying to set time time aside, like, you know, that Team Chevy appearance or like the Xfinity series autograph where, you you know, fans can know ahead of time, like, hey, Mike's going to be at this location for 45 minutes. So that's that's a great time to come and, uh, and try to catch, you know, your favorite driver and meet them and be able to talk to, to them for a couple of minutes. Generally, if, if he's walking to the car, or, you know, walking back to the hauler, uh, you might be able to get him, but a lot of the times, you know, he's he's got something else on his mind or he's about to go to the with the crew chief. And, um, you know, it's I I have never had to do it, you know, thankfully since I'm not a driver, but uh, I know that's a challenge that a lot of those drivers face because obviously if it wasn't for the fans, they wouldn't be where they're at. But it's, you know, there's just a time and a place for everything. So just trying to catch them on those the scheduled autograph times are probably the best best times to do it. Exactly. And as you bring it up there, uh, uh, Josh, I know you got to go. I know you know you said that your time was li- was was limited. Is there any scheduled autograph uh, stunt schedule for Atlanta Motor Speedway with uh, any of the RCR stuff? If you want to throw, out, throw that out to you, get the floor, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. We. Uh, so on, on race day is going to kind of be our busy day. Um, our our pre-race event preview is, is probably about to go out if it hasn't already. Um, I don't have the times on me right off the bat, um, but I know it's it's right around before qualifying on race day. Um, actually, you know, I think it's, it's 9.30 a.m. that I'm thinking about it is uh, the autograph session. So if any fans coming to Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend, uh, come on out, meet Myatt Snyder. We'll be at the Xfinity Series autograph session in the fan zone at 9:30, and then directly after that, about 10:15, uh, we'll be hanging out with the Team Chevy folks and uh, talking about the weekend. So, two two really good opportunities to come see Myatt Snyder and the number 21 Tesla Chevrolet for RCR. Um, if you haven't met him, he's a great guy. He's got a lot of a uh, lot of talent and a lot of potential behind the wheel. So come on out, and uh, it should be a great race this weekend. Yes, sir. Amen, brother. And, Josh, I want to thank you very much for taking time out to come on our show with such short notice. But uh, Suzanne and I, we're going to we're gonna make the trek over there to Atlanta Motor Speedway Friday. We're going to leave out Friday morning. We're staying in Stockbridge, Georgia there. And uh, I'll shoot you a text. We'll get together, have a yeah, couple come of on, uh, and talk. 
they taught some good time stuff, brother. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Come on by the 21 hauler. I'd love to, to give you guys a little tour and uh, meet everybody and meet the drivers. And it's it's fun, man. I'm just I'm just blessed to be where I'm at. You know, it's been a lot of hard work. And uh, but man, it's surely paid off. And uh, I know it won't be long before we're celebrating Bitcher Lane with one of our RCR drivers. Hey, man, brother. Before we let you jump out of here, Josh, let everybody know if they can follow you on social media, your Facebook page, and everything there at RCR, brother. You got the floor. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you can follow me mainly on Instagram. I love posting uh, kind of my journey on Instagram, do a lot of Instagram stories and whatnot. I'm at uh, Josh underscore the PR guy. And, uh, you know, that's mainly what I use. You can follow me on Josh underscore the PR guy on Twitter as well. And, uh, man, it's it, like I said, Tim, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I'm living the dream, having a, having a good time traveling all over the country. And uh, i got to give a shout-out as well to my fiance Jordan putting up with me so i'm getting married in uh in october so she's getting a little little taste of the racing world right now so hopefully she'll be able to put up with me she'll be fine yeah that's right i wasn't gonna put you on the spot on that where you're gonna put the ring on the finger but again uh josh thank you very much just like i told you suzanne and i we've been very blessed the same time you come into the sport suzanne and i have got this nice car credential stuff but again uh Joshua, thank you very much. We will talk to you Friday evening at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Again, thanks for coming on, Josh. Absolutely, Tim. Shoot me a chance. I'd love to come on any any other time you want me. All right. Thanks, brother. That was Joshua out there, a uh, PR guy there for my Snyder. Hey, Richard Shooter's race. We're going to play a little quick song here. We're going to jump out of here live from Talladega, Alabama. Of your frustration, I know it's burning you up deep down. In- 